So we are continuing this morning with God and vision encouragement. Today I'm excited because we are going to speak about vision and family. And this will be part one of vision and family. And to those who are listening online, this is part one of vision and family. That means we will also speak about vision and family next week. And we will speak regarding marriage next week when we speak about vision and family. And today, so, so today we are going to, to, to lay the foundation regarding vision and family. And there's no better place to lay the foundation than Genesis chapter 1. So we will be reading from Genesis chapter 1 today from verse 26 to verse 31. Genesis 1 from verse 26 to 31. You cannot struggle to find Genesis. <laughs> Genesis 1. <laughs> Genesis 1. Folks, I excuse me. My Bible is growing. So Genesis chapter 1, and we will be reading from verse 26 to verse 31. I'm reading from the ESV. Then God said, let us make men in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God, very important, so God created who? Men in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw, see, and God saw, everything that he had made and behold behold also means see and behold or perceive it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day god bless the reading of his word amen. father have your way in jesus name amen, amen. so so genesis chapter 1 we all know Genesis chapter 1 to be the story or the history 
of creation. When I close by of an unjust Sunday So so we all know that Genesis chapter one is the history or the story of God's creation and everything that dwells in it. So, so God, according to his word in Genesis chapter 1, created all things within six days. And on the seventh day, God did what? He rested on the seventh day. And then he sanctified the seventh day and he blessed it. So day one, God spoke in day one, God spoke light and he separated the light. Remember what he said? Let there be light. So he separated the light from the darkness in day one. Remember, we also spoke a lot about Genesis chapter one in our Holy Spirit series and our faith series. But we're going to go through this again. So God separated the light from the darkness and he called the light day and he called the darkness night. So that was the first day. And then in day two, the Bible says on the second day, God created the firmament. Remember the last time we also spoke a lot about the firmament when we spoke about creation. So God created the firmament. Other biblical translations will call it the dome. An African seller, the eight sponsor. So uh, the dome is, is, is the firmament that God created to separate the waters from the waters. Remember the last time when we spoke, if you read Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 2, the Bible says where darkness was over the face of the deep. In other words, the earth was filled with water. Then God created the firmament, the dome, this blue sky. Then he separated the waters from the waters. Now we have water above and we have water beneath. And that was the second day. And then on the third day, the water that was separated from the water, the water beneath that was separated from the water above. God called the seas. Now notice there's water above and there's water beneath. So the water at the beach is the seas. That is the water beneath. And then we have water above the firmament. So this was created, the, this was done the the third day so then he also created vegetation things such as fruit trees and all of that he created on the third on the third day grass herbs he created that all on the third day so on the third day we have the firmament water above and then we have water beneath and he separated the water from the land so now we have the earth where we walk right now we have the earth and then we have the seas and then we also have the vegetation and that is on the third day and then on day four then god created the sun the moon and the stars now we have the firmament and then god took the sun the moon and the stars and he placed the sun the moon and the stars in the 
firmament. That's why when we look up, we can see it is placed in the firmament. So these things were given to us to help us determine seasons, days, and years. And that was on the fourth day. And then in day five, God created the fish. God created the fish to abound in the sea. And the birds to fly over the face of the firmament. So it makes sense now. Eh? So there's a firmament, the birds fly over the face of the firmament. And then we have the seas. The water beneath the firmament and the fish God created that he may also dwell in the sea. And this was all done on day five. And then we have day six. Very important. So on day six, God created the land animals and every creeping thing on the earth. But then also, in day 6, if you look at it, in day 6, God created mankind. Not in day 1, 2, 3. In day 6, God created mankind. And then God rested on day 7. So the last creation was mankind. So that was day Six, But God did not only create mankind. He gave his vision regarding the male and the female. Now I'm going to give more perspective to this with regards to day six. Genesis 1 verse 27 that we read says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, listen to this, in the image of God, He created Him. Referring that to, to mankind. So He created Him. Then He says, male and female, He created them. In other words, He first created Adam. And then after that, Eve came from Adam. So He created Him. And then male and female, he created them. So it makes sense. So there's no such thing as people saying to you, there were also other people on the earth. Because he created Adam and then he took Eve from Adam. So then male and female, he created them. Now that's why it's important to understand that Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 and verse 28 is a summary of detail with, with regards to Genesis chapter 2. It had no sense, Marcus. And God, and then the Bible says in verse 28 of Genesis 1, and God blessed them and God said to them, listen, very important, God did what? He blessed them. So he created male and female and then after them he gave his blessing and then he said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it possess it and have dominion rule over it 
over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and every living thing that moves on the earth. So God's purpose is clear in Genesis regarding gender. Facebook can make money So God's purpose is clear in Genesis regarding gender in terms of his creation. He created them male and there's nothing else. He created them male and female. So he created mankind. Male and female, he created them. The word of God says. So, so the God-given vision, guidance from above. So the God-given vision for the family is clear. And the basis thereof is male and female. And this vision is governed by God's blessing. See verse 28 start by stating, then God blessed them. So my question is, who did God bless? Male and female. <laughs> the purpose and the basis is male and female. So his blessing is on male and female. Nothing else. So, so God's vision for the family is clear. It consists of a male and a female and it is through this vision that God gives that the earth may be filled. So be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. So in terms of reproduction, the plan is male and female. Nothing else. So reproduction is still subjected to the will of God. It doesn't promote fornication. Perhaps someone is going to log out now for what I'm going to speak about. But, but, but I'm saying to you, the first thing is, Genesis chapter 1 is clear from verse 26. It's clear that God created a man and a woman and there's no other gender beyond that. Amen. <laughs> Are we afraid to say amen? amen. It's, it, yes, it's sensitive, but it's biblical. So, so God's plan is he created them male and female and then he speaks to them and he says I've created a man and a woman in order that the earth may be filled and the only way that the earth may be filled is through reproduction through a male and a female no one else and therefore reproduction that's what I'm saying reproduction is still subjected to the will of God and not the opinion of men. And therefore I'm saying, this reproduction also doesn't, it doesn't promote fornication. And, 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 and hence we need to understand that our children out of wedlock, 
Our children out of wedlock may be a blessing, but fornication is not. Let, let, let's speak about the truth regarding our culture today. So the culture is, my child is a blessing from God. I don't dispute that. A child is a blessing from God, but sin is not. So, so God's principle doesn't change. Yes, the child is innocent, but you are guilty. <laughs> hey. So, so God has no problem with your baby, but he has an issue with fornication. And therefore, it is critical to understand that my child may be already born, but I am still accountable for what I did. The child is not, but I am accountable for what I've done. And therefore, repentance is critical. And this is the problem. We have created a culture in our society where all of these things has become okay. So, so, so as parents, what we normally do is, when our children fall pregnant, we don't have an issue with it. Because it is what? The child is a blessing from God. I don't dispute that. But your problem is you don't address the issue, the elephant in the room. What have you done? And therefore, I'm saying to you, therefore, when the first baby is born, <laughs> it won't take long for the second baby to be born. Because there's no accountability with regards to the first baby that was born. So when the second one comes, you've made peace with it. This is the way it should be. In fact, some of us even make plans for the third one. <laughs> yeah. We've made peace with it. And then we say, ah, all right, it's normal now. So it is important that we, we, we understand that when God said, <laughs> multiply, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, he did not say fornicate. Yes. Because his blessing was upon that. Yes. Because he was speaking to two individuals who would have the first matrimony on earth. You see, it, it is not the vision of God for you to be stranded with the baby, even if you're listening online. It is not the vision of God for you to be stranded, lady or young lady, with a baby, with a man who ran away. That was never God's plan. And therefore, God makes it critical for us that we may first find him, find our spouse, and build a life but we first find the baby and then we want to build the life and then the young man doesn't have time to build the life right now and then run yes. <laughs> and now you sit all alone and now you in the court on your way open often you often and now you keep on asking for money and he keeps on running and now you become depressed because you did not want to follow the vision from above 
It's critical that we learn from our mistakes. And the question should always be, what is the vision from above? And, and therefore, God's vision for our lives should become the first priority in terms of vision for our lives. There are a lot of visions out there, but, but God's vision should always be a priority. You see, the concept of a but but the concept of fat and set is not a vision from above. <laughs> it's a vision from men. It's not vision from above. And therefore we need to evaluate our family choices. You see, we are trying to establish a family by, with, with something that is not blessed from above. Because God blesses marriage. And therefore, sometimes people are not living in the complete will of God, but because they are married and they are following that principle, you, you see, they still prosper. Because God blesses marriage. He, he doesn't bless fatensa. And therefore, we need to evaluate our concepts and what society has taught us in terms of vision for our families. Let me show you something that I love about Genesis chapter 1. This is what God did. And that's why I went through a couple of days. Look at it. God created an environment. And then he places something within it. <laughs> he creates the firmament. And then he takes the sun, the moon, and the stars, and he places it in the firmament. He creates the sea. He takes the fish and he places it within the environment, the sea. He creates the land. And he takes the animals and the creeping things and he puts it and he puts it in the land, the environment. He takes Eden, the Garden of Eden. He takes the man and he places him in the, and we're going to read about that now, in the Garden of Eden. Which brings me to the point. And then after he did that, he said, it is very good. Any environment that you place yourself in, that is not guidance and vision from above, will never be good to you. So true. So true. That's why the fat insert philosophy, it's an environment that you establish for yourself. Because it is not vision from above. And therefore, people who normally do that end up more wounded than blessed in the relationship. In fact, one person said to me one day, I say for me, and I can say with it as it, but I also say for me, my bra, the worst thing that I've ever done is to do with the man. 
mesti dah ada kebetulan because some people even if they are not born again they realize this is the worst thing that I could have done to myself because there's no blessing from God upon them because it's the philosophy of men and not the vision of God God does not create the environment of fat and sin we destroy ourselves so so the God-given vision for family with regards to male and female and reproduction has to do with the will of God and not the will of men and now that we understand that marriage is between a male and a in the day and age we are living in. So a marriage is between a male and a female. Now that we understand that according to Genesis and that we understand that multiply and fill the earth doesn't mean fornicate, there's no debate about it. Why must we still debate about it? If we believe that this book is our constitution for life, why are we still debating the issue? So God's vision for family is clear, male and female. Before we multiply, we marry. That's his vision. And therefore I want to look at Genesis chapter 2 quickly. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 starts with, with recalling the history of Genesis chapter 1. So it is in Genesis chapter 2 verse 4 that you will see the history was declared concerning Genesis chapter 1. Not the opinion of men, but the word of God. So the scientist and his opinion doesn't matter because to us the Bible is a fact. So when the Bible says this is the history of the heavens and the earth. We believe what the word of God says. And not someone telling us the Big Bang Theory happened and something was created out of nothing. It doesn't make sense at all. So remember in Genesis 1 verse 27. God created man in his own image. But then in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. He tells us how he created man. Genesis 2 verse 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. You see, being placed in the garden of Eden, the man received vision from God he received vision from God and that vision is what we called last week guidance from above which brings me to to Genesis 2 verse 16 the vision sounds like this that the man received Adam and the Lord God commanded the man he commanded Adam saying you may surely eat of every tree of the garden what is the garden is in Eden 
every tree that is in the garden but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you will surely die so so god's vision to adam was clear you may eat of every tree in the garden except of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for when you eat of that tree you will surely Time. So after the vision has been laid out for, for, for Adam, the following happens. Let's read Genesis 2 verse 20. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him so the lord god caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and while he slept took one of his ribs and closed up his place with flesh and the rib that the lord god had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man then the man said very important then the man said this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh you shall be called woman because she was taken out of man listen to verse 24 this is very important therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh so according to Genesis 1 verse 27, going back to that, we have male and female, he created them. So the beauty of this is that we also see the first matrimony happening right here. Because this was not Adam's partner, it was his wife and therefore adam declared therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife so when he saw if it was his wife and therefore i said in genesis chapter one that when god says multiply and fill the earth he did not speak of fornication but he spoke of marriage yes. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And a lot of men are still struggling with that, still struggling to leave mommy when they are married to the wife. So, so God's vision for marriage is male and female. Eve was Adam's wife. It was not the other way around. <laughs> it was not the other way around. <laughs> so Eve was Adam's wife. Which gives us a clear picture that a wedding is between a man and a woman. Not a man and a man and a woman and a woman. A woman and a woman according to the word of God. You see, when we turn the order, this is what God said. Remember what I said? He gave a blessing. He said it was very good. 
As soon as we turn the order, we are telling him, what you have given from above is not good enough. When he says it is very good, and we say, nah, it's not between a man and a woman, it will always be a man and a man and a woman, then we are saying to him, what you have done is not good enough. And therefore we spoke about Romans chapter 1 last week, and we spoke about God saying in Romans chapter 1, that man created shameful things with other men and women with other women. And God gave them over to a reprobate mind. He gave them over to the mentality of darkness so that they may destroy themselves. So when God created and established the family, He blessed the family. In fact, He said what He created was very good. But secondly, the vision was clear that the family should avoid eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the vision was clear for the family. And therefore, remember God spoke to Adam regarding this vision. But when the enemy tempted Eve, when the devil came to Eve in Genesis chapter 3, Eve spoke the same thing that God spoke to Adam. She said, we can eat of every tree in the garden except of the tree in the midst of the garden. So the woman also knew the vision that came from above. She knew the God-given vision. But the problem was, they gave into what the devil expected them to do. So, so, so they fell into disobedience, what we call in the church, original sin. They fell into that and then humanity would be born into sin. And the other day I said to people at work that therefore, if <laughs> it's evident, you don't even have to think too deep about it. If your child is three years old and he stole sugar and you come to him and you ask him, did you steal the sugar? No one ever taught him to lie. Because it's the sinful nature that happened in Genesis chapter 3 original sin and because they did not follow the vision from God but they followed the vision of the enemy of the devil they lost their innocence and they lost their provision that is very important If you look at Genesis 1 from 29 to 30, you will see, remember what we read? We said God spoke to them and he has given them every plant and seed for food. So they did not have to work for anything. Everything was provided for them. But when they walked away from the vision of God and they adhered to the vision of Satan, they lost their innocence and their provision. And therefore God had to put them out of the garden. Chase them from the garden. And therefore he said to Adam, now you will work from the sweat of your brow. In terms of provision. They, they slipped from a state of glory into a state of shame. 
from loving without fear to loving with guilt. They had no worries about the day of tomorrow. They went from fear, they went to, to, from loving without fear to loving with guilt and worry. In fact, they went from, from that, from being asked, Woman, what have you done? Men, where are you? In Genesis chapter 3. Which brings me to the point where families refuse to stick to God's vision. Shame is inevitable. Where families reject God's vision, the house will fall. What did you expect? Because God is the manufacturer. And when something is wrong, you do not go to the manufacturer. You have the opinion of men. So, so he's your creator. He's the creator of family. But where family rejects God's vision, the house will not stand. And because of them following their own way, they, they had to face the consequences of sin. They lost so much. And, and I'm saying to us today that most people lose blessing, great blessing, in their marriages, in their houses, because the house is not built on Christ, the solid rock. Which, which will lead us to part two next week, where we speak the importance of Christ being the rock of your house. Where people are normally blessed, and God blesses marriage. But the fact that we reject the vision from above, later on we destroy our own households. If you don't believe me, ask marriage counselors. You see, I'm, I'm saying to you that even if you are a psychologist and your house is not built on the rock, Christ Jesus, you may counsel people regarding marriage and be divorced. Because your dependence is the vision of men and not the God-given vision. You, you may, and, and therefore we see in our culture, people obtain so much in terms of blessings. They had beautiful things, beautiful houses, beautiful vehicles. They had all those things and they went up and they went up and they destroyed it with adultery. Five minutes of pleasure and you destroy 25 years of marriage and what you've been building. They lost their provision because they didn't follow the God-given vision. And, and my encouragement to you today is find out what the God-given vision is for your family. Secondly, there's no such thing as a man and a man standing at the altar. And I know there are churches today 
that entertains this and said, no, we, 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 we should just, if, if we don't do it, then it looks like we are hateful people. No. Let me tell you something. I have no problem with, with I, and, and I always tell you guys, someone who fornicates, someone who is addicted, and all of those things, when it comes to homosexuality, there's no sin bigger than the other. Because that's the other mistake we have made in the church. There's no sin bigger than the other. My expectation is just, when you walk into the rock worship church, the same way I'm preaching to the person who's struggling with sexual immorality, is the same way I'm going to preach to the person who's struggling with homosexuality. Do not expect me to compromise. Because it's clear that I will have to give account for the souls who sit here. So it is important that we understand that God's plan and vision for the family is clear. We often destroy ourselves because we follow our own visions. We often destroy our families because we follow our own visions. And in conclusion, I just wanna, I wanna read a quote from Bishop Jakes. I listened to Bishop T.D. Jakes speak on an interview that he has done with, with Pastor Stephen Fertig. And one of the things he said there was brilliant. They changed my mindset with a lot of things. They spoke about people separating through, through disagreements and all of that. And Stephen Fertig spoke to him and he, and he said, Bishop, don't you think that some people just, and I'm paraphrasing, just, just victimize themselves and are just mean and we should just like move away from them and, and, and I'm paraphrasing. But, but one thing that he said, that the Bishop said was interesting. He said, sometimes you have to ask yourself the question, how much more am I willing to lose in order for me to change? That was brilliant. He said, when, when, when people walk away from you, that's the question that you have to ask. Instead of victimizing yourself all the time, how much more am I willing to lose in order for me to change? And it is simple. And that's the question that I want to ask. How much more in terms of family are we willing to lose in order for us to accept the God-given vision?